be disqualified. Uh, I don't necessarily know that I agree with Seth's decision oh. right now. This is emotion, not desperation. Well, come on, Corey. He, I mean, he got attacked last week. He just got attacked again. Yeah, yeah, Singh was thrown out of the arena. I mean, he came on. back and got involved in the that, match again. But in the situation we had at hand, is Seth Rollins maybe trying to save his Intercontinental Championship? I don't think that had anything to do I with it. I think he just snapped. Yeah. I agree with Coach Corey. I think Rollins has had enough. And now continues oh. this emotional assault on Mahal with a steel chair. And Sunil Singh once again rears his head. And Singh, oh, what a wow. blow! And Seth Rollins forcing Mahal to retreat. Well, I tell you what, Jenny Mahal's gonna have to have a come to Jesus heart to heart with Sunil Singh because, in my opinion, Jinder Mahal had that match won. I think a lot of people would agree with you, Coach, and maybe even Seth Rollins. Seth using the chair, whether it was emotion or desperation, we may not know. But the Architect's a man who wears his heart on his sleeve. And he still wears the Intercontinental Championship despite being disqualified here tonight. I'll tell you what, that was everything that we wanted. And this, oh, oh God! Oh, my! Elias with a guitar! Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of Just What the Internet Needed More Of. That's right, it's a wrestling podcast. It's another wrestling podcast. It is called Top Marks. It's another wrestling podcast called Top Marks. My name is Justin Morissette and with me once again, as always, is the janitor himself. He's cleaning up the messes of the masses. Josh Custodio. Justin, let's get right to it. I don't want to waste anyone's time. They're not here for the banter. They're here for the... Well, they are, I suppose... I think they're mostly here for the banter. Yeah, I guess they are here I mean, for the banter. They're here for the takes as well. Also some takes, but uh, a little banter. You'll get some takes, but uh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's hashtag good friends. That is us, you and I, Justin Morris at Josh Custodio, as you so eloquently put in the beginning. And of course, this is... Top Mark, The world's greatest professional wrestling podcast. The world's most popular professional wrestling I don't podcast. I know about that. It's true. I checked the metrics. I ran the numbers. Uh, it turns out we're the most popular. All right. Well, uh, number one on iTunes, Stitcher, and uh, wherever fine podcasts are found. We got uh, a note this week. I believe it came from our dear friend Scoots Broda. Oh, what did he say? He said that the show will never take off until we come <laughs> out even more firmly against Israel oh, well. for its wretched treatment of Palestinians. Well, I'd like to so, welcome our new listeners yeah. to, uh, <laughs> <laughs> to the political wrestling podcast That's right. that we are slowly morphing into. I just want to be 100% clear that all of my political views, as someone who is completely out of touch with everything that isn't pro wrestling, uh, I just mimic Sami Zayn. Okay. So uh, whatever Sami Zayn's stance is on anything, you can uh, safely assume that that is where I will uh, be planting my feet as well. And that's not a bad way to go, honestly. He's, yeah, if you have to parrot someone. Yeah, he's usually on the right side of things, I think. No question. And by usually, I would say 100% of the time. Well, there was that. Nah, we won't go there. Justin, on top marks most weeks, but not this week, we talk about the... One... Two, three. Biggest topics in the world of wrestling. But, Justin, we are in this holding pattern before Money in the Bank, and there just isn't that much wrestling news going yeah, on. Yeah, maybe maybe I've come to realize, maybe we relied on uh, pay-per-view previews and reviews <laughs> to fill up our rounds every week a little too much. We do ne need to talk about the format of the show at some point, because I do think that these these periods in between being bigger without the brand-exclusive pay-per-views, it is harder to fill space because there's just less happening on the television. I mean, there's things we could talk about this week. Lots of small like, things. Like, uh, you know... Uh, 
the the I think one of the things that we worried about that we talked about a couple months ago when we talked about the potential of Ronda Rousey as this kind of stone cold figure within the women's division, right? Uh, was we didn't want to see that come at the expense of the rest of the women's division, of course. And I feel like we saw the first signs of that this week in that yeah. like we have spent. Not really a lot of time getting to know Nia Jax as a babyface, and this is something that, of course, you and I have looked forward to for a long time. Long time. I feel like her potential is probably better served as a sympathetic figure as opposed to a monster. Who could deny that? Uh, and we are scrapping it basically after maybe like two months, a month and a half. Has it even been a we, month and a half? We didn't even months? get like an official turn. It's just like suddenly Nia Jax is heel now. Uh, I, it's funny. I wrote this in Keep It or Kick It this week too, but we'll get to it here because I, I found this really frustrating and, and I think I actually said on a show a couple weeks ago well is Nia going to have to be heel here to play against Ronda Rousey and I guess turning Ronda heel isn't something that you can you know feasibly do at this point in time but I still like you say the the, the ceiling for Nia Jax if you see any of her backstage segments or the, like you had mentioned she was on an episode of Ride Along I believe and yeah. for me breaking ground she's a lovely person and then when she let, get, lets that side of her shine it works with her character this positivity body image you know did not down with bullies, I just feel like that's where she can soar. And this turn on Monday, I thought, was a reminder why this just doesn't work. Yeah, and I think the, the, the larger story that they're telling with this feud is good. Yes, that, yeah. Th- that it's all built around the arm bar and, and the belief from Naya that you'll never put it on me. You can't put it on me. Like, building it up all around this one move... It's it's a hook. I want suddenly. I want to see the match. There's an. Yeah. It's all built to the match, uh, which like so little wrestling actually is. But I think you can still do that without having to turn her heel. I just don't under. I don't. I think this is completely unnecessary. I saw some people on the Top Marks Twitter feed this week, sort of uh, complaining that they didn't like Naya getting put in the armbar by that local talent and then doing the power slam over or not a power slam, but like that lift slam. Uh, over and over, they thought it just looked sort of corny and didn't work, and why wouldn't she attack Ronda? I actually found that kind of weirdly effective. The Just watching, she's like, oh, an armbar? Just an armbar? Lifts old gal and just chucks her on the ground. I kind of thought that worked. Yeah. Okay, no, I, like, yeah. I liked it, too. It's, it's teasing us with what we might get in the match. Again, everything is catering towards the match. This well, is all effective to me. I just don't... I don't need – I know we've talked – you've really hit it a lot lately that wrestling is better when we have a natural heel and a natural right, baby face yeah. to root for and against or as, uh, you know, vice versa rather. Uh, I got that in the reverse order. <laughs> but, <laughs> I know uh, what you mean. But, you know, uh, I, I like sometimes – I don't. And, and yeah. to have – I mean, part of it is that to be a natural heel, like I have to have – kind of stakes in terms of rooting against you. And Nia That's just right. doesn't have that. There's so. nothing. Well, I don't know what you would, you know, really dislike about her at this point, given that she's been an angel for the past month and a half. Like, that's, we, that's <laughs> why it's hard. just been brutally picked on by it, Alexa. Alexa Bliss. Yeah. Um, I, it's also, I do like, though, that they are lending some attention to the armbar itself, because so much of wrestling in terms of getting your character onto a bigger stage is getting your finisher over. And Ronda is, like, one of the only people in MMA history who has, in the world of MMA... A finisher that is over, you know, she gets you in that arm bar, 
that's it. And so that they are putting a little bit of shine onto that, that she's arrived with this, and I'm glad to see them sort of, you know, squeezing that sponge and getting something out of it. Yeah. Uh, other topics that we probably could touch on this week without going the full 15. Yeah. Uh, there was no Roman Reigns on this week's Raw. Yeah. And I don't know that the show really suffered without him, really, uh, at all. I'm going to tell you this. I didn't realize there was no Roman Reigns on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, because you know what? You still got the true top guys. Yeah. Seth and Braun are clearly carrying that show. And, like, it doesn't – that I think that is the biggest indicator that, you know, Roman is not the guy. If you don't even yeah. notice that he's not on the show because Gosh. you're so invested in a different baby face that it doesn't matter that – the quote-unquote top guy wasn't even there. He's not the top guy. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, you know, almost plain as day at this point. But uh, just I don't want to linger on these things too, too much. The one thing that is going to get the full 15-minute round yes. treatment this week is this ascent of Seth Rollins. I have very publicly on this show made very clear that I, for the past bunch of years, have not really been a fan of Seth Rollins. I've always recognized his in-ring talent, but thought that he had some limitations and didn't quite see what others saw. It's been a him. point of contention on this program, as yeah. I've been a big Seth believer Right from uh, you know quite a long time ago. Yeah, Justin's the kind of guy who liked him when he was bad. Uh, so we're gonna we're wow. gonna uh, dissect this. Uh, I, I think I only liked him when he was carrying Monday Night Raw weekend and week <laughs> out as a heel champion. We'll dive into that in the round, but uh, I think we can both agree, even though your position on him hasn't changed, that he has changed. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it'll be fun to explore that a little bit in the you know. I mean, minutes. fuck, how many times have I said over the course of the last year, like? Oh, we're really seeing Seth here kind of like figure out his baby face voice. You've said this so many that you've spoken specifically to his baby face voice a bunch on the show, and you've been proven, I think, really correct. Well, wrong sometimes because it didn't always click in that moment when I was saying it. But right that he was finding it and that once it was found, it would be of tremendous uh, help to him and I think sort of proven with me being your test subject. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, so we'll, we'll dive into that for 15 minutes. Also, you asked for it. You got it. Uh, follow the buzzers is back this follow week. Follow the buzzers. One of uh, the we well, when I say you asked for it, two people asked if we were bringing it back. So uh, yes, indeed we will. I'm glad they asked. Cause to be perfectly honest, even though I named the segment. I completely forgot it even existed. Well, that's pretty rude. Uh, that and a <laughs> list segment of uh, Keep It or Kick It. Uh, and Justin, uh, anything else we got to get out of the way off the top here? No, uh, though I suppose we should mention, if you wanted to support the program, you right. can do so over at patreon.com slash topmarks. Uh, right. We know it's a lot to ask for $5 a month for a little bit of bonus content from your boys, but uh, we try to make it worth your while. We've got two episodes out this month. The first one was an Avengers Infinity War review episode that we did yes. a couple weeks back. And uh, right after we finished recording, Recording this episode, we're going to record another bonus episode because you and I both watched WCW's New Blood Rising. Um, this is going to be live a- from the Pacific Coliseum <laughs> in Vancouver, Canada. So, of course, longtime listeners will know that this is uh, our hometown pay per view. I think the only one that's been in our hometown. Uh, no, rock. I mean, from WCW. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But I think was Rock there- Bottom '98. Was oh, right, Rock well. Bottom. You're right. Uh, but uh, a pay per view that, in some ways, is uh, you know near to our hearts, despite me having never seen it. Uh, and boy, do I have a lot to say about uh, this. Yeah, pay-per-view. I mean, it's WCW really in its death throes, so there's plenty to talk about. Oh, yeah. And I think we're going to have a, a pretty good time doing that. So yeah. look forward to that on the Patreon yeah. feed. Patreon.com slash topmarks. Uh, besides that, Justin, uh, I don't know if we want to get fully into this, but did you see uh, Enzo Amore as a rapper now? I, I did see that. In one word. I didn't actually watch the rap because I thought it would be 
terrible. Well, Justin, uh, I hate to tell you that you're wrong, but gosh, the guy is a natural second coming of Tupac. Really? Nope, it was worse than you think it was. Oh, uh, (laughs) I somehow already knew that. (laughs) So uh, I guess I don't have too much else to say except that I think his in-ring talents are about on par with his rapping talents. The only thing that I think is worth bringing up here is the video, even though you didn't see it, he makes fun of the wrestling fans in it quite overtly. I mean, the whole thing is literally about... The rape case, basically. Yeah, the back half. He even talks about even that. the fact that it's even called Phoenix, which is where the whole thing allegedly went down. Right. Again, I cannot stress enough. He was not found innocent. <laughs> they just had no evidence to go either way. So you know, this is a bold move to put this out literally fucking a week after your judgment comes down. I he, I personally was disgusted by it without even listening to it. <laughs> I do not like Enzo Amore. That's what I will say about that. Uh, Justin, should we just jive right in? Jive right in? Jive right in? Do, 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 We're both dancing do, do, right now. Do, 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 this is great podcast content. We're but jiving I'm... in to round <laughs> number one. Round one. Fight. Justin, we're building it up to break it back down. We're building it up to burn it down. All right. Uh, yeah, that's sort of... You know, what was his slogan for a little while there? It was like rebuild, reclaim. Uh, Redesign? I don't know. Rebuild, redesign, reclaim, something like that. Yeah, nowhere near as good as Burn It Down, no, not, given that neither of us can remember it. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's always a good sign when you can't remember a slogan. Justin, why don't we spend 15 minutes talking about the architect, Seth Rollins? I would love it if we would do that. That's what we're about to do. So, Justin, this guy, uh, Ring of Honor champion Tyler Black, a guy who I remember when WWE signed him uh, at that time for... Uh, what was the developmental he would have gone to? I guess FCW? FCW. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. he was FCW champion. And I remember being on the forums at that time, and people were incredibly high on Tyler Black's in-ring. They thought that this guy, we're talking about him as like a peer to AJ Styles, at least on the forum I was on, whatever mm-hmm. year that would have been. And I, So I've always had this sort of eye on him, at least in terms of, certainly when The Shield came up, as I think most people did. But uh, let's start there. When The Shield debuted on Monday Night Raw, let's ignore anything before that, because how are we going to get through all that? Or I suppose they debuted at the, that pay-per-view. I forget which one right now, but the Ryback, Cena, CM Punk, Triple Threat. TLC. Thank you. What did you think of the architect Seth Rollins in The Shield? Uh, like right from their debut or That's just right. in general? L- yeah, at the de- or in that first sort of iteration. Uh, I thought like he he brought a dynamic to the group that was desperately needed mm-hmm. from like a you know for a as far as like ring work style goes right yeah like we've got a power guy in Roman Reigns we've got a brawler in Dirty Dean Dirty and, Dean and we've got like a flashy aerialist in Seth Rollins it gave them sort of every every branch on the tree that you would need it, for a faction exactly and it really it's it's kind of like your original three like starter Pokemon <laughs> Right? <laughs> it like, really is. Like, pick your style. You've got something here to enjoy. Tell me if you think this is correct. Roman fire type, Dean grass type, Roman or uh, Seth water type. Uh, I definitely think Seth is Squirtle for sure. Yes. Okay, so so you're you're with He's me. like one of those Squirtles that's wearing like the cool sunglasses. Yeah, the sur- the Squirtle Squad yeah, in the exactly, show. Exactly. Uh, great group of guys. Absolutely. <laughs> He's one of those. So to me, Justin, uh, he was uh, I thought the the third banana in the Shield. Really? But, yeah. I, I know you're a big Dean guy though, so that makes some sense. Dean was always going to be my favorite, and I do think that early Shield run certainly Dean has the most confidence, at least on television. Like it really does mm-hmm. feel like he's leading the Shield in that initial uh, uh, bit of the Shield. Uh, so I, I, I 
but I definitely recognized that he was needed to do the heavy lifting in ring in the six man match. Yeah, and in the two man as well, because when they were tag champs, it was Seth and Roman. Yeah. So that's to me why I think the company tabbed him as like the number one guy in some ways, even though obviously long term Roman is the number one guy. The, it's the fact that like who did we just lean on for the last two years to cover up all of Roman's deficiencies? Yeah. That guy? Well, we should probably go with him. Then. Yeah, throw the chair in his hands yeah. so he can break this shit up. Exactly. Because uh, I'm sure most people know this, but if you weren't paying attention at the time, it was very expected that Dean Ambrose was going to be the one that had broken up the shield. They'd really teased this, that he was sort of going fringe and like a maniac, so it was very surprising at the time. Uh, so, so you have that. Then you have heel Seth Rollins, champion, corporate, J&J security, Kane and Big Show in the wings. This is the Seth Rollins that I do not like. This is the Seth Rollins that I love. <laughs> That's the Seth Rollins I do like. Because he was very entertaining. Okay, yeah. Uh, you know, I, it bothered me, of course, and it has continued to bother me in like the heels that I like, that they can never get any sort of clean victory. They're right. never, they are never able to look legitimate on any level. Mm-hmm. It's always like, this guy's just scraping by. And I understand that there's like some old school booking philosophy behind that, that you want a beatable champion that the audience thinks can lose on any given night. Like, I got to tune into every pay-per-view because right. this could be the one where he finally drops the belt. Totally. But, like, I like this guy. You know, I know that I'm not <laughs> supposed to. I know that I'm not supposed to. I know that's not what you want. But I do like him. And so it frustrates me when he loses all the time and is made to look like a clown. But I still thought he held it down. Like, he was... He was I would say he was anchoring, but you could take that to be like a boat anchor and not like a, a television <laughs> like news anchor. He was like holding it down on Monday Night Raw every right. single week. He was making television watchable for me, uh, like especially at a time when Daniel Bryan was kind of sure flitting out of the picture a and little bit. And if I'm not bit. mistaken, his cash-in is something that sort of like gets you back into wrestling in a hardcore oh, way. Oh, big time. Right? That's yeah. when I start watching the TV week to week. I think that helps, too. Yeah, so that was a, a run I was super into, but like you said, not so much yourself. Right, yeah, no, and again, my chief issue with it was it just didn't play to his strengths. When you have a guy who is profoundly good in-ring, putting him swamped by a ton of people, cheating in every match, and then having him cut a 20-minute promo at the start of every show. I still thought his his matches were quite good for the most part. He was just made to lose them in some stupid way. Like the, He was overbooked, but still got to shine when they put him in position. To I agree. So. I, I agree. But besides the, as I've talked about a zillion times, I don't want to sound like a broken record with the selling of the knee, which I think has been sort of a Yeah, yeah but that's, that's after that run, course, right? Because yeah. that's playing off the injury that ends it. But at the time, he was having just dynamite matches with, like, Dean. Oh, I mean, I that, the best Cena feud of feud, modern era. I thought the Cena feud was very good, despite the fact that, you know, the matches have stupid finishes. Yeah. Did you like the, when he superimposed his mouth on that picture of was it, it was, yeah, it was fun. I oh, mean, I hated that. <laughs> I really didn't like it. But uh, I just thought he was like a masterful heel, I, and, and, and and like you know when they I I come I come back to this all the time when they paired him up with the New Day, right? Uh, you love this, yeah, yeah. And they're all heels, but like the New Day are like extra annoying, so it's like punishment for Seth to be with right. them. Uh, it's just like this wonderful dynamic between. Uh, you know, four heels who are all on, like, different... Or not all of them, but are just on different sides of, like, the hateable spectrum. Correct, yeah, and in, in utterly different ways, too. Yeah, so I, I I love that run. I will not apologize for it. So then, poor, oh, I think I'm in the minority here. I think most people do enjoy that run. Um, but then old Seth gets injured, yeah. and this is and a... Then, this is... 
And Raw becomes the just clusterfuck, really. It when they try to like shoehorn Roman into that spot. Or Sheamus to be the like. Well, they put Sheamus there just because they know that people at that time would like cheer for Roman. Yeah, it's like everyone him. will get cheered against Sheamus yeah. because people do not like Sheamus. Which credit to Sheamus, I think he's turned that around quite oh, a bit with sure. this this bar run. Absolutely. Um. So so then he gets injured. He's gone for a while. And do you remember which pay per view he returns at? I can remember the he comes back way more jacked. It was, it was before Money in the Bank, so Extreme Rules. Extreme maybe? Rules, yeah, Extreme Rules. Because there were there were three. Might have been Payback actually. Because there were three. That was part of a series of Roman versus AJ matches. Yeah, and he interfered after the finish of the third one. Weren't there? Was there only two Roman and AJ pay per view matches? No. Okay. Uh, so anyway, he he returns. Big ovation, and I think most people agree with me here when they think that shouldn't be the babyface moment. People are very happy to see him. He's coming off injury. If you recall, they had just released that. He got a that. huge cheer. Well, of course, and he, they put out that documentary the, that night about, about his like road to recovery. Uh, yeah, basically being like, this guy should have been out for you know much longer, but his love for this business drew him. Look at this workhorse. Yeah. And then he comes back as a heel on Monday to, I think. Uh, He's like, I got all your letters about how much you missed me. And I threw him in the garbage because yeah, yeah, I did yeah. this without you. I don't uh, care about uh, the people. So I was repulsed by this. I thought the <laughs> booking was awful. And again, that was a pretty good impression. It was. It was not bad. What? <laughs> what yours? Yeah. Oh well. Then <laughs> I'm glad you think so. I mean, pretty good might be pushing it. I thought it was. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, but so Seth returns and he's forced into this, you know, this pipeline of having to be a heel, and you could tell, and you get this in wrestling sometimes. You can just tell the crowd is ready to embrace this person. It's Especially when we want to boo Roman at the same time. It's like, this is nothing about this is right. Not one side of this equation is correct. That's right. It just doesn't, just doesn't settle well. You don't, if you recall, babyface AJ Styles at that time is running parallel. So people are like, oh, at least you'll get the AJ Seth match, and that never materialized. Mm-hmm. So I'm, at this point, pretty checked out of our, our guy Seth Rollins. Are you still sort of in the camp, but you sort of recognize he's cool? I'm down. so happy he's back. Okay, man. yeah. That's like enough for me really cool. and i and the dirt sheets at this time are saying like Vince refuses to turn him because he thinks that he's such a great heel that he'll be a heel for his whole career okay well that's I mean, I don't know what to say about that. It's, I mean, yeah. All the greats who stay as one alignment for their entire career. I know, career. right? I yeah, know. That's, that's how it's done. But, like, I, to me, I read that. I'm like, well, at least he thinks he's the top heel forever. You know? I guess that's true. That's uh, encouraging, even if I don't agree with it right now. <laughs> I, I think it's also important to bring up here, because I don't think that you can remove this from the whole picture of this uh, rebuilding. He doesn't have the curb stomp anymore. The, the, his finisher's been taken away from him. Yeah, and they, he, took away, they took it away before he got injured. They took yeah. it away right after he won the title. He never does it after the cash-in, does he? No, no. I think that's the last one until this, this recent run. Uh, but worth noting, because I do think that hurts his character. So now he's, he's feuding with Triple H. He gets the pedigree. This all sucks for me, Seth versus Triple H. Yeah. None of this do I enjoy. I mean, that was a bad WrestleMania in general. There's not a yeah. lot of matches on that show that are very good. I thought... On the whole, it was one of the better ones. I think, but that's relative to a yeah. weaker show than just talking about like, oh my god, the the ring work of Seth versus Triple H <laughs> is remarkable. I'll say this: I feel like I could edit that Seth and Triple H match into a good match. Yeah, it's I just mean, way too you long. Could, you could edit that feud into a good feud. Too, yeah, but you'd have to cut out like a year. That's the where, thing. Like he was injured, and then they were doing other things for a little bit. Too, ten minutes, you know? ten minutes less of that. Match. Like that was clearly supposed to be the match for the previous WrestleMania. That's right. Yeah, and, and the Roman slot, all this thing. Yeah, yeah. 
So now let's talk about this run. Burn it down, curb stomp, a man with renewed confidence and a babyface voice. I mean, it took a lot of time to get here. Yeah. It's like you cannot just look at that gauntlet match and say, well, that's where it all happened. No. no you it, can point to that as, I think, sort of the moment. I mean, you could go all the way back to the the Samoa Joe feud from last year. Sure. The Bray Wyatt feud from last year, as much as people might want to forget about that. No. Seth's promos in that feud were very good. Not only that, the match is good. Yeah. Remember, we watched yeah, that. That, that like, was a good match It was also. a good match. People always like, oh, Bray Wyatt is a terrible wrestler. It's Bray won by cheating at the end, and yeah. it was sad to see Seth take a loss well, but I like very it, happy he took he was a good he was good on the mic he i thought his like that's what that is probably what i said on this fucking show like he's finding his baby face voice yeah and you were not still with it but like coming around perhaps a little bit that's bray's yeah. always going to be a weird opponent for guys to have to promo against because in some realm you have to enter his sphere and yeah, uh, that's yeah, yeah. Just true tricky. true true uh let me ask you jmo what how much of getting the curb stomp back did uh, did add something to Seth Rollins for you? Um, I mean, it it kind of, the excitement of seeing it again mm-hmm. is is a big thing, and also as we've seen multiple times in the matches he's had, the match he had against Kevin Owens, the tag match from Raw last week, yep. like it's such a natural part of his move set, mm-hmm. and that he's able to kind of. Uh, string like five moves together in a series that ends in the curb stomp yep. and it like flows naturally every time. It's really awesome. I mean, you could throw a bunch of reversals in there as well as he did with Owens both times he was wrestled right. Owens recently. Like, it, it's it's a great move and it fits the kind of you know flowing nature of his of his move set, which I guess is why he's. Squirtle. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Look at you, Mister Full Circle. <laughs> uh, for me, it was. Uh, not, I'm not going to say, oh, we got the curb stomp back, and now it's, it's oh, I like Seth Rollins. Look yeah. at that. It was just the finisher. But it did feel like you're letting a guy do what he's supposed to do. When they put him in this gauntlet match, it's like, okay, what do we have in Seth Rollins? In my opinion, you have a guy who has 7 out of 10 charisma, mm-hmm. 7.5 out of 10 promo ability, but damn near 10 out of 10 in-ring ability. Mm-hmm. So throw him in this goddamn gauntlet match. Let him wrestle, what was it, an hour, 10 minutes or something? He yeah, wrestles. something like that. Hour what? 7? Yeah, whatever it is. I'm glad you corrected the hour six there. For I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah. Who knows? laughs> but over an hour of wrestling, and I really do feel like if you let people, it sounds so simple, but WWE's terrible at getting in their own way. If you let a guy, if you look at a guy honestly, you rank his abilities, and then you take what you whatever he's closest to 10 at, and you let that run, it's always for the best. Yeah, I mean, that's why this open challenge is working. I mean, look at what he has had to do over the last two weeks on television. He has had to be Roman Reigns' best friend in a tag match against two heels. That's fun. And then he had to work a multi-segment match against Jinder Mahal. Uh, just Mahal. And uh, wouldn't you say that he did great in both of those things? Yeah. Like, uh, like those are two things that can just kill a guy with momentum, you know? Like, definitely. Well, you, uh, things were going so well, and then you did this to me, you know uh, what yeah. I mean? I got to like, wrestle Jinder for 25 and minutes. And he, he killed it both times. I, I got the sense at one point in the Jinder match, and I wonder if you or anybody else did, that Seth was actually a little pissed off at Jinder. Like, I got a sense that Seth was really wanting to go. And he, like, stared at Jinder at one point. Like, come on! <laughs> like, he was sprinting, and Jinder was, like, behind a step. And I still thought it was a good match, and so, one of Jinder's best matches ever. I mean, saying one of Jinder's best matches is, like, saying the longest 
longest run I've ever been on. Or like the <laughs> biggest dump I've ever had. Well, you know? uh, <laughs> I mean, that's a size. I've seen. I mean, please. Uh, <laughs> but I will say this about Seth right now, and then you can close this out because you are the non-believer. Sure. I think what where he's at right now, it makes me understand what people were talking about if they said. Uh, Finn Balor is not over enough to oh. face Brock Lesnar. You know, I disagreed with that at the time. Mm-hmm. I thought he wasn't over enough to beat Brock Lesnar, but I still wanted to see that match this and thought great. he was a big guy on Raw. Uh, like, I get it now because, like, at this point, Seth is undeniable. You have to give him a Brock match. It has to happen. Yep. Whereas, like, Finn would have been cool, but I'm not kicking down the door that, oh, my God, this has to be the one. Yeah, in the last 15 seconds here, JMO, I, I just want to say I echo all of that. And it is nice to have a feeling where it's just, like, the rankings be damned, the belts be damned. It is obvious who should be next for Brock Lesnar, and it's uh, the architect, yeah. Seth Rollins. But, uh, I mean, we're, we're, uh, we've technically gone past 15 minutes <gasps> right now. Do not so. <laughs> but I still want, like, you to give kind of a closing statement as to, like, you know, where you're at right now with a guy that you've never really mm. liked. Yeah. So I don't think Seth Rollins is ever going to be, like, my guy. Like, I just don't connect with him like I do in some with some guys, like a, a Dean Ambrose, a CM Punk, uh, uh, Alistair Black. Like, there's just something that I'm never going to, like, absolutely connect. If it's an Avatar thing, I don't know. But in terms of, like, where I can get for a guy who's outside of that tier, he's at the top of it. He's is he? Who could say he isn't the best part of Monday Night Raw right now? Yeah. Like, he definitely is, right? Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm very good with Seth Rollins. I like Seth Rollins. Hello, Seth Rollins. You've been waiting. I'm, you've gla- been, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> you've been waiting a year on this show uh, yeah. for me to say that. Oh, yeah. Uh, Justin, do you want to jump into I a I just little... want the folks out there to know, kids, dreams do come true. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, no, they don't. That's my message to the kids. Uh, J-Mo, why don't we jump into a little thing I like to call... Keep it or kick it. I would love it if we did that. Justin, let me explain the rules here. Every week I draft up a list of roughly 25 items, just random things from the world of wrestling. Mm -hmm. I then read them aloud to you, Justin, and you have to say whether you would like to keep the item, which means you like it, you love it, you want some more of it, Mm -hmm. or you kick it, you hate it, you despise it, you never want to see it again. Do you understand the rules, Justin? Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Well, then why don't we keep it or kick kick it? it? Hit the music! Justin. Buddy Murphy as cruiserweight champion. Keep it. I, I'm into him lately. The, he, that match was very good. I just watched that before you got here. That is a very good match. Nia Jax as a heel. Kick it. Minoru Suzuki coming to WWE. <laughs> the matches would be so good if they would let him. But I just don't see that character working in this world. So I'm going to say kick it. Can we just... I agree. Can we at some point get Minoru Suzuki, Oni Lorcan? Can that? Just, oh, that'd be great. That'd be brutal. Uh, Johnny Gargano going to Raw after the next takeover. Um, yeah, they need baby faces in a big way, so keep it. Ty Dillinger getting a push. I really liked the segment with Nakamura. I thought it was a great match. I th- yeah, yeah. He should be in the U.S. title picture. Why not keep it? Women's tag belts. Um. On one for each show, or like let's say one pair and teams from different shows can, can challenge. challenge. Yeah, I'll say keep it. Cody Rhodes' new finisher, Din's Fire, keep it. Ronda Rousey beating Nia Jax at Money in the Bank. Ooh, I mean, you're booking yourself into a corner, right? Yeah, you don't want her to lose, but do you want her to be the champion right now either? I probably don't. Me neither. So, kick it. <laughs> Braun Strowman winning Money in the Bank. Ooh. 
I mean, they kind of outlined it this week that he would be the one guy who like would not cash it in by surprise. Right, yeah. Who would use it to book a match against Brock. Mm-hmm. At the same time, he's like the one guy who needs it the least. Yeah, he could challenge for the belt whatever he wants. Yeah, and like, yeah, I, I, it would be great because I would know that he's going to be a champion within the next year. Right. But I'd rather see it go to someone else, so kick it. Pentagon Jr. joining NXT. Oh, hell yeah, keep that. The League of Nations reform in Del Rio's spot in English as the hype man. And what about Wade Barrett? What about in his spot? No one. <laughs> you <laughs> forgot who was in it? <laughs> well, it'd be Aiden English, Rusev, Sheamus, and Cesaro. Oh, okay. So sorry, yeah, I suppose the bar and Rusev Day form a new League of Nations. Yeah, I could get into that. With Aiden English. And Lana also? Sure. Yeah, she's the Russian presence now. Yeah, so you get more nations in your league. Even better. Yeah, yeah, keep it. Tom Phillips on commentary. Uh, I I think he's great. Keep it. Colt Cabana joining New Japan Pro Wrestling. As a wrestler? Yes. Uh, Yeah, it could be fun. Keep it. Someone using a superhero gimmick in WWE. In 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 a comedy sense, like the hurricane? Yeah, like the hurricane. So bringing back that kind of character. That's right. Um... Yeah, I mean, it's it's still timely, right? It's still part of pop culture. We just watched a fucking pay-per-view with the Kiss Demon, so <laughs> so why not? Yeah, I'll superhero, sure, keep it. The Young Bucks versus the Briscoe Brothers in 2018. Ah, kick that. Lord almighty. Uh, Roman Reigns leaving WWE. To go... Doesn't matter, but Roman Reigns Anywhere. no longer in WWE. Roman Reigns leaves and goes to New Japan. <laughs> He'd be the most over guy in New Japan. Roman versus Okada. <laughs> Roman A- Reigns ends Okada's fucking streak. <laughs> the Where, ultimate hits fucking. like, the reign of Okada is over. It is now the reign of Reigns. <laughs> New Japan is my yard. Yeah, uh... I mean, it'd probably be good for him. And I feel like if he left, Vince wouldn't be afraid to book him as a heel when he came back, right? Mm. Like, that's the thing now is he's, like, the face of corporate. But if he left the company and was the face of another company, I'm pretty sure he'd be like, fuck you, bud. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) So, yeah, keep it. And finally, CM Punk in 2018, Ring of Honor World Champion. Keep it. That's the, yeah. Ring of Honor needs people to be stars that are not Bullet Club people. <laughs> Who are you, me, for the past year? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Like there's r- there's no reason for me to watch Ring of Honor, you know? Wh- why would... I was talking with this uh, with, I can't remember who, one of our listeners on Twitter. It was just like, I don't know what the hell Ring of Honor has right now. Like, I guess if you're really into Dalton Castle. Jay Lethal and Dalton Castle. Jay Lethal's so boring. Yeah. Dalton Castle's fine. Yeah. That's it. I like, I like both those guys. The Briscoe brothers are about to wrestle the Young Bucks. Yeah. You've, I mean, how are we doing this still? And that was keeping her kicking. <laughs> Justin, should we do a, a couple questions before we jump into uh, um, Follow the Buzzers? Yeah, why not? Then uh, our first question this week comes to us from uh, our sponsor, our uh, gender fluid listener, whose gender is also a fluid. It's Coca-Cola LLC at Coca-Cola LLC. And he asks... What wrestlers from the past or present are acknowledged to be good, but you've never liked or, like, gotten into? Um, There's a lot, right? Yeah. I mean, Hulk Hogan is the big one that jumps out at me. Sure. Even, like, we watched WrestleMania 5 for bonus marks a couple Mm -hmm. weeks ago or a couple months ago. 
Can you imagine if my sense of time was so fucked up? I was like, yeah, it was like 10 yeah, days like, ago, just, right? Just the other day. It's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it was. Not quite. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I found him undeniable in a way that, like, you can see that he has charisma. Yeah. But he, like, as time moves on, like, it's crazy to me that in, like, 2002, 2003, 2004... And maybe into what he was doing in TNA, I have no idea. Right. Like, he's still, like, right up there as one of the big guns. It's like, this guy can't do it's, anything. Yeah, it's not It's not good. Like, he, he's not doing anything. <laughs> like, he's not bumping at all. No, he can't. Like, he literally goes through matches and takes zero bumps. That was his thing, man. Yeah. Like, if you saw him bump, it was a big deal. That's crazy and so bad, like, by any standard of today's product you know like true. it's impossible like if you sent back and we've had we said this if you put Dolph Ziggler <laughs> in every match in Wrestlemania 5 he'd be the biggest star in the world <laughs> he'd be the most popular person ever <laughs> in history and I hate him <laughs> uh, for me uh, this is one that's gotten to me in, in trouble over some beers with friends before but uh, I've just never had that moment where I clicked with Shawn Michaels uh, I, I utterly yeah. oh I'm, I'm with you on that too I utterly recognize the talent uh, the Undertaker match I mean he has you could point to me to a hundred of his great matches I recognize it all. I can see the ability, but he's never connected with me in any sort of way. Uh, Honestly, not my guy. Growing up, I knew Shawn Michaels better as a video game character than an actual wrestler. Interesting. Because I came in right as he had like left from back problems initially. Oh. So Austin is the top guy, and, and HBK is, like I think, commissioner or something. And then the you time. drop out for the second round. Yeah, and then I'm, I'm gone by the time he comes back. So... For me, uh, growing up, I always like saw him and knew him from like the Acclaim N64 video games. <laughs> he was always in that. No mercy. Uh, no, that's like Attitude. Oh, okay. Uh, which is a terrible game. Right. WWF Attitude. I played it. My buddy had it for some reason, and we played that all the time. Are you still friends with him? Retrospectively, very bad stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is he still your buddy? Uh, no, actually. I guess we know why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, on some level, yes, but you know, I don't see him all the time anymore. So. Well, I heard it's because he owned WWF Attitude. <laughs> that was that's what the dirt sheets are saying. Rumor but has yeah, it. like that's a weird thing though to just like not see anybody's top stuff ever. Yeah, that and is. So when I see him like kicking around as an old man, or even like when he was still, you know, sometimes being an on-screen character from time to time, which is more frequently. You know, probably six or seven years ago than around now. Though right. he still comes back every so often. Sure. Uh, to it's pitch just, it's just like movies on just DVD. Like, look at this fucking slob. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he just looks like shit all the time. His he, eyes, the crazy. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I He's don't. Wearing like sweatpants and camouflage. Loves Jesus a whole lot. Yeah, it's uh, it's tricky with Shawn Michaels and me. <laughs> Jamo, you want to hit me with a little question here, bud? I would love to. Thank you. This one comes to us from uh, at Lorenzo Meow. It's our good friend, Doug, Doug Crap. Crap. And he writes, which wrestler who hasn't held a major title is in desperate need of a title run? Yeah, so this is an interesting question, right? Because sometimes it's like, who would you elevate to the main event picture? And I feel like that's a, a different question. But who's in need of uh, some sort of title run? So, so this isn't somebody that I especially like. But I do feel like Finn Balor holding a singles title is going to be something that, that really needs to happen. Because he doesn't feel legitimate. To, it, it, like, I shouldn't say that. He doesn't feel consistent in any way. If it's the, the pairing with the club or the, the tweener or face, you know, the reactions are always there. Mm -hmm. But there, there hasn't been like, 
if you had to point to like the Finn Balor moment in WWE, you could say that initial Universal Title win. I guess you'd have but, to, but it but doesn't. It doesn't get followed up with anything. It's so soiled. Like yeah. he's the guy that has retained some overness. But for me, the the answer. Is, I don't think it's coming to surprise anybody on the show. In fact, I think you probably know where I'm going with this. But it has to be Sami Zayn. Like th- this guy has this. We just did a round on Seth Rollins talking about how you can turn the corner on people. I don't need to turn the corner on him. I just need you to let him do what he's good at. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so for me, it's Finn Balor comes to mind, but it's got to be Sami Zayn uh, for a singles title. Anyone come to mind for you? That was exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, also, because you look at a guy who I mean was the NXT champion, right? Did have a great pursuit of that title. Was mm-hmm. like an incredible babyface to get behind uh, in NXT and sort of initially in his main roster run as well. Sure. I mean, we've talked about this with a bunch of people in the past. It feels like they make this mistake when guys come up from NXT that like, well, you know who he is, obviously. R- yeah. Because like he came up and was immediately into this Kevin Owens feud and you're... All you know about him is, like, this guy hates Kevin Owens. And loves ska music. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, I, I mean... I also hate Kevin Owens, if you're, you know, fucking Jabron Mark. I, I, I obviously love Kevin Owens. So. I'm obviously a Jabron Mark. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Regardless, like, that's all they gave you, right? Yeah. So, I mean, he had great matches. He was, he was on some level, like the Chad Gable or the Seth Rollins of yeah. Raw before... Like, before they went to SmackDown last year. You think of, like, the Braun feud? Well, yeah, yeah. he was the guy also who was, like, having multi-segment matches with people every week that were TV matches that were all generally pretty good. And he lost all the time, but he always, like, sold some kind of injury angle, so it wasn't, like, a clean win. And it, and it, I mean, I talked about this before. He always, he just beaten Kevin Owens right before Owens became the Universal Champion, mm-hmm. and so he was losing all the time with these injuries. And you knew he could beat the champion because you'd seen it before. So it was like, well, man, if everything just broke right for this guy one time, he could be the champion. If you could get his shot, he's one match away <laughs> yeah. from the Universal Champion. And we feel so far away from that, Sami Zayn, right now. Uh, oh, so leagues, far. yeah, leagues. But he could get it back, and he's the guy that needs that has the talent and kind of needs to be legitimized yeah. like that. Yeah, totally. If if I'm picking someone else to win, just like the IC belt, who could use a, a good run with a title, but I don't think is like top guy material. Yep, I'd say Elias is like. Oh, that's a great one he's too. Hugely over. He's the number one person. Uh, behind, behind, he's he's like. He's like right behind the Miz, basically, in in being able to extract the exact reaction from the audience that he wants and just like play people like puppets, essentially. Well, and I think also like the Miz, he's able to do it in a way that he can do over minutes. It's not like one-liners, like, your town sucks, although Elias obviously does do that, but it's entire segments of getting the reactions he wants, which do range from booze to cheers. In fact, I'm wearing his shirt right now, so Absolutely. Uh, this one comes to us from Thomas. Hey, Thomas. At no salary retained. He says, if you could prevent one event in WWE history from ever happening, oh. what would it be? And I think we would both have the same answer here. Oh, what do you think it is? I would stop Owen Hart from dying, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I guess. That's, if I don't say that. <laughs> um, yeah, I will, no, I, I would make sure Owen Hart did die. But uh, no, yeah, that's. I guess that's a really good I would, one. I would go back to Over the Edge and say, Owen, do not do this. Or secure the thing better or something. Or like replace it with a different harness or literally do anything. But maybe, bud, maybe it's me. Maybe the fact that I went yeah. back in time yep. and messed with it trying to fix it is what broke it. Maybe I'm yes. responsible for Owen. Justin, I don't want to be a dick here, but... 
I'm glad you're finally realizing what I've been saying behind your back for years. You killed Owen Hart. Jesus. <laughs> um, it's funny you said, I think we're going to have the same answer, and yours was a much better one than the one that first came to my mind, which was, I don't want RVD and Sabu getting caught in that car with the drugs ah, during this right, title run. Right, right, right. Um, so th- that comes yeah, to Yeah, don't ma- do what I did. I screwed it all up. Yeah, don't go. <laughs> Although, who knows? Maybe I went back in time, and I wanted to smoke <laughs> weed with RVD, and it's my weed in his car. Yeah. <laughs> ah, what if I... God damn it. Maybe you and I are responsible for both of these things. <laughs> uh, so those are two that come to mind. I guess in terms of like more like traditional more bo- booking, booking stuff. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you just sort of wish this whole Roman Reigns run wouldn't have happened. Like, what does WWE look like without him just constantly getting, like, pushed and re-pushed and so re-pushed? you're, you're going to kill Roman Reigns as a baby? I'm, gonna just, I'm not going to kill him. I'm just going to have something where he suspends from the ceiling and send you back in time. Oh. <laughs> well, you, you could also just, like, break his legs or something. I just, I, I mean. He live, but he's in a wheelchair. If I have to pick a specific moment, <laughs> I guess uh, maybe Seth doesn't cash in. Brock just beats him clean, and we send him down the card for a while. Okay. Um, I would. I. This is. I don't know how much this would do to affect the booking of anything today, or sure. change the outcome of where we are at all. But I would try to talk uh, Stone Cold out of walking out. Oh, that's a on great the, on one, the Brock thing. Because when you look at it and like, yeah. like how much. How little time we had left with him when he does that, yep. which we don't know at the time, obviously, no. and he can't know either. It's just such a waste. And maybe he has to retire even earlier because sure. he hits these problems even earlier. Well, you go back in time and you suplex him. And, <laughs> um, but, but no, this is a great one. But, like, you know, it always feels like lost time with a top guy who. Yeah. Whose, whose run is ultimately very short. Well, he himself calls it his biggest regret of his career, fully admits that it's a mistake. Uh, I'll so do that's th- what I would do. I'd bring those recordings. That's actually great. I'd say, I'd say Steve, I'm here from the future. I got a podcast to play for you. And he'd well, say, why don't you get he'd, it? He'd say, what's a podcast, son? <laughs> <laughs> you broke in the head. <laughs> I'd say, it's a, it's a recording uh, that you put out on the internet, and you do it all the time. <laughs> you have a good and one. You have the one of the biggest ones, and you'd be like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> Justin, I I have one last one. It's already go so long on this, but it just came to mind. It's smaller scale than all these other ones. But when uh, mm-hmm. Punk beats Cena at Money in the Bank and leaves through the audience, I would just whatever. Maybe I would kidnap CM Punk or something. Just make him not come back two weeks later. Something okay. where he's gone for three months, and you can believe it. I really think that would have changed things. Okay. Um, are you ready for our next question, Justin? Yeah, yeah, I think I am. It comes to us from Danger Boy at Danger Boy sixty nine four twenty, and he s- asks, "Is pro wrestling the hashtag good friends favorite sport, or are there others that you follow more closely?" Kind of an interesting one. Yeah, I know you replied to him and said, "Oh, this will be tough for old JMO." Yeah, it's. I think it's harder for you than it is me, right? Yeah. Uh, what else comes to mind for I mean, you? It's either it's it's wrestling or hockey, right? I I mean. Both occupy such so many hours of your life. Yeah, they do, and it's and honestly, I probably watch more wrestling than I do watch hockey. I don't feel like hours allotted because I because I listen to a lot of hockey, right? Which like removes the fun from watching it because the audio feed is always ahead of the video feed. Well, you know what's interesting? Watching wrestling is what removes the fun from wrestling. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) That's true. No, but you know what I mean? It's like oh, for sure. I already know. I'm already in the future. I know that this play comes to nothing, so my interest in like riding the, the thrill of the moment is gone. So yeah. I, in some ways, like working hockey this year 
on the broadcasts has been a thrill. In other ways, it's like killed my interest in watching yeah. the games in a way too. I could understand that, like that whole like don't make your hobby your job all the time thing. It makes some sense. Um, but I still think I'd put hockey above wrestling. Yeah. Though I would put like the joys I've gotten out of them, probably wrestling ahead of any sport. Yeah, I, I think okay. So I think mine is wrestling, but I think t- maybe to some people's surprise, like I'm also a. I don't think I talk about it on the show all this much. I'm a giant soccer fan. Uh, White cap season's ticket holder. I follow uh, FC Sporting in a very close way, uh, and also I'm a giant MMA fan. So and I follow all three of these in a lot closer proximity. But wrestling probably would just edge it to, to number one. Okay. But again, it's it's hard because I just watch so much wrestling. It's hard for me to even think about like I, I can't. It's hard for me to compare it to how I take in MMA because it's like oh, there's a big card this weekend. I'm really excited. Or soccer. It's like oh, going to the Caps game day. This is going to be great. Whereas wrestling is just like. Very much, almost part of my week, you yeah. know, in a in a very real way. The show being it's part just of that on the schedule always. Exactly. I will say though, that, like for me, I would put like any of the the great highs of Daniel Bryan's career, mm. like WrestleMania 30, is like on the level of like watching my team win the Super Bowl or something like that. You know. I think this is interesting because uh, I had discussion years ago with a friend who said that he, for him, pro wrestling could never. He's like it's regularly speaking it's good but it has a much harder time reaching the heights of actual sports for him because he knows it's scripted he would find it hard to celebrate a daniel bryan win as much as like a let's say the canucks won the stanley cup or something he thinks real sports have a higher peak and i actually think i do subscribe to that in some capacity where just that pure luck not luck but like anything can happen wrestling doesn't have that yeah well for me sports doesn't have that either because Anything can happen, but it's never happened the way I want it to. <laughs> Whereas, like, at least in wrestling, I get to enjoy <laughs> some victories, you know? What a sad life we live. I know. <laughs> uh, this one comes to us from at Blair Pacheco, our friend. Tranquilo Pacheco. And he says, which mid-card wrestler from Raw, SmackDown, or NXT would most benefit mm. from a backstage interview segment? Yeah, I remember this one. I'm talking more about Mankind and Jim Ross and less Renee Young, Bobby Lashley. <laughs> well, okay, so I think it's interesting that you even bring up those two because I think you have to put the, some of that on the performer. Like, yeah. the, I think, is the Mick Foley one or the Mankind one in that instance the, the beacon example of the best one of those things can go for explaining a character? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I think he's still sort of the gold standard. Uh, for me, someone who's character... And, I, you know, as much as that falls on Foley for... You know, being such a great performer and knowing exactly who his character is. Right. Jim Ross was just like the perfect interviewer in that segment. The perfect also. foil there, like acting like disturbed and disgusted. This old but, country but boy. Like, curious and prodding yes. for more. Also. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, it's a classic segment for, or I guess it's over three segments, but classic segments for a reason. And you, you said exactly where I'm going with my answer in there. It's because Foley understands that he has a layered character and he's going to touch on each of these layers. Right? He talks about how like he admired uh, Shawn Michaels, so he wanted to be dude love. And like he's just revealing all these little nuggets that gives him somewhere to go. And I think somebody who could really exercise that in a similar way and I feel bad because I think he's been my answer for so many questions recently he's just on the brain I suppose but I would love to see this happen with Velveteen Dream I think this is a guy who can plant seeds for his character going forward you have a great sense of who his character is he presents it well on TV but we don't know how he got there and there's a lot of intrigue and interest so I'll say Velveteen Dream but not uh, till he's on the main roster don't blow it on an NXT of course of course I I uh I disagree with you, there, okay? Because I I feel like I have a perfect idea of who Velveteen Velveteen yeah. Dream is already in some sure. ways, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like he has an incredibly defined character, uh, just from his performances on television week to week. Totally agree with somebody that. somebody who I think I'm like 
just as into. And of course, these two guys uh, were completely intertwined for a time there. But I, but I have way less of an idea of who they are. Sure, is Alistair Black, and even oh, yeah. even with his title run, it's still, it's he's just kind of you know he's he's a he's a cool guy, but yeah. I don't really. No, like, is he actually a cult or is it just a cool entrance? Like, yeah. what's what's his deal? I don't. We don't really know a ton about him because he only really started talking regularly like a couple months ago. See, this is why I have issue with that answer. Is I don't like him better when he is talking. Yeah. So, but who you knows? Just want him to be a silent destroyer. He could. Deliver. But you could even get that across in a sit down where he's just yeah. like. Not interested in being a, he's a man of few words. He lets his yeah. actions speak for him, you know? That's Even true. that is more than I know about him right now. Like, I just think he's cool. I don't know anything about him. I'll say this. Uh, first, I'll defend the Velveteen Dream pick. I fully agree that his character, he's probably one of the more defined characters on NXT, if not the most, for in sure. terms of like, yeah, what yeah. you know about his character. But that just leads me to believe that like telling the backstory to that is more interesting and than that other people. And that he people. could add even more he layers. Could, that's right. Uh, and then for... And it'd be a way to like introduce a faction around him like we talked about last oh, week. So great. Uh, I think something that might serve Aleister Black really well. Do you remember when Finn Balor is like his third week on the main roster? They did that video package that was part him talking about Irish monsters and Gaelic lore and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I think something like that for Aleister Black could be a total home run. Yeah. I thought Finn was kind of shaky in that video, and maybe Aleister would be too. But he could, yeah. Like, whereas like Finn was talking about like actual monsters from Gaelic folklore, Aleister Black could be like. I'm from Amsterdam, so I got really high and s- <laughs> thought about a dragon or whatever. <laughs> I read some Aleister Crowley. <laughs> um, so yeah, those. I, I, th- I imagined a dragon. Can you imagine? I think it's kind of interesting. Can you imagine a dragon? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's kind of interesting. We both picked NXT guys. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's people on the main roster that maybe could benefit from it. It's worth noting that they did this with Samoa Joe and he home-runned it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So that's... Um, I'm just... I don't know. I'm trying to think of somebody who could use some fleshing out. And it's like, Braun as a baby face yeah. is not really clear, but I also don't need... To know like I, I know why I like him, and it's yeah. that he does cool stuff. I, I think also it's worth mentioning, we both picked characters who don't have like a... They're austere characters in some way. There's some mysticism to them. Uh, I know Dream not as much as like Foley and Black, but definitely has like a gold dust thing going for him. Another mm-hmm. character who's sort of austere and out there. And I think maybe those segments work to help reveal more. I don't know. I think it's interesting that we both uh, went in that I direction. Think you're something there. Uh, who's asking this one? I'm not sure. Why don't you want me to do it? Sure. This one comes from yeah. Dan Knightley. It is your turn. Hey, nice. Uh, Dan Knightley, and that's at Dan Knightley, and he says strictly wrestling. What wrestler from today's era would you want to see go up against a wrestler from the 80s? So you pick a wrestler from the 80s and a wrestler now. Uh, what's the matchup you want to see? Hmm. I don't know. Can you go first? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was thinking about this uh, earlier today, and so I have an answer at the ready. Uh, I want to see Big Van Vader. Uh, a man who I think uh, I got a little figuring right there. A guy who I've enjoyed a, a great deal. And, uh, you know, super athletic big man. I want to see him take on Samoa Joe. Ooh. Uh, I love watching Joe versus big guys. He's done a bunch. He's a bismat, uh, numerous of them, butcher. Uh, him taking on, like, tough marauders just always works for me. These guys are two bruisers. Uh, the moonsault on Joe. If Joe could get him up for a muscle buster, I doubt he could. But if he could, he did it to Abyss. And I don't know how big their size discrepancy is. So I'm going Samoa Joe versus Vader. All right. Um, 
I mean, I feel like we've come back to this pairing multiple times over the course of doing this show, mm. but I'm always intrigued by the possibility of seeing Dean Ambrose go head-to-head with Rowdy Roddy Piper. <laughs> <laughs> and Piper would for sure be the heel. Yep. <laughs> he, he definitely 100% would be the heel. Oh. Uh, there but, really is something there between those two. Yeah, there? I'm just, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like who today would be a good fit for like Macho Man. Hmm. Um, so somebody, what what's a good pairing for Macho Man? The Miz, maybe. The Miz would be great for Macho Man. Although Miz has a lot to make fun of in Macho Man, it might expose him as sort of goofy and over the top. I still feel like Macho could be like, "You shut your mouth, Miz." <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst Macho. I don't ever. know. Really, I thought it was better than whatever know. the hell you did earlier. Uh, I like that Macho. Approach. All right. Well, Justin, why don't we uh, jump into our next uh, segment here? Follow. The buzzers. Justin, how follow the buzzers works as you may legitimately forget as you forgot the second existed. No, 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 I know what it is. <laughs> uh, I go and I look at Twitter accounts of people on the WWE roster, the active WWE roster, and I look at how many Twitter followers these people have. Uh-huh. And sometimes they have surprising numbers, higher or lower than you might expect. I then pit these two up against them, and you, Justin, have to guess who has more followers. Do you understand the rules? I do, yes. So, Justin, in our first matchup, we have the world's strongest man, Mark Henry, taking on another Olympian. It's a battle of Olympians in Kurt Angle. Who do you think has more Twitter followers, Justin? Is it Mark Henry or is it Kurt Angle? Uh, this is tough because I feel like Mark Henry being in WWE when Kurt Angle was in TNA when Twitter was probably a bigger platform and more people were signing up and right. following people probably plays into the benefit of Mark Henry. Mm-hmm. But I also think in terms of like who's a bigger star overall that people would be like, I gotta know what this guy's doing. It could probably be Kurt Angle. It's a tough you one know? for a reason. And do either of them have Olympic re- Mark Henry's on the radio. Uh, uh, is he? Yeah, he does uh, Busted Open on Sirius. On oh, right, right, right. Tuesdays. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah. Has Angle done anything outside of wrestling? I don't think so. He's been in, he did a little acting here and there. Oh, I bet that was. Yeah, I mean, he's got a very brief cameo in Pain and Gain. Wow. The Rock, like, kills him in a jail fight. <laughs> don't do it to me, Rock. <laughs> I mean, Kurt Angle just seems like he'd be a horrible actor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, yeah, he, like, attacks the Rock's character in a jail brawl and gets, like, a dummied with a big lifting weight like <laughs> murdered essentially I'm glad that you uh, saw Pain and Gain yeah it's, it was good for a Michael Bay movie very good one of like I'd say Michael Bay's best movie ever but Justin who has more Twitter followers um Mark Henry I'll go with I'll, I'll say the WWE gives him the edge Justin let me tell you something you might be the world's strongest man. It is Mark Henry ah, with yes. 1.28 million followers yeah. to Kurt Angle's 1.05. Oh, okay, it's pretty close. It's close. Yeah. I, I I I really tipped in Mark Henry's favor when you brought up his radio show, which I'd completely forgotten about. Mm, yeah, I think that is. I'm not saying that it's any sort it's of like giant platform media. That's yeah. right. Uh, just let's move on to our next matchup here of five, our second of five. It's. Uh, the greatest, it's greatest, greatest love of all. It's Mike Canales versus Primo Cologne. Oh, wow. Half of the, the Colognes and formerly the, the Puerto Rican fellas, I think their name was. Uh, the, the Shining Stars. I almost called them the Shooting Stars. So that should tell you how much I remember that gimmick. I mean, they didn't have too many matches with that gimmick. It was more so... Come to Puerto Rico. Rico. Which I think sometimes people forget. They, they are good wrestlers. They have like a 
barn burner yeah, with the Usos. Yeah, they're still on the SmackDown roster. Yeah, one of them was in a Battle Royal recently. I don't know why they do nothing with them. The, the Raw Tag Division especially could use those guys right now. I fully agree. But but does he have more followers than Mike Kanellis? I'm going to say no. So you're. I'm going to say this is the rare situation where a guy having a following on the indies would probably give him a bigger following than being a like lower, lower, lower <laughs> card person in WWE who's almost never on television. So I'm going to give it to the miracle himself, Mike Bennett, or in this case, Mike Canellis. Justin, uh, it sounds like you need to go to Puerto Rico. You are incorrect. Oh, really? Primo Cologne with 117,000 followers to Mike Canales' 64,000. I bet Maria has more than uh, <laughs> everyone combined. Yeah, so I'm far. thinking uh, if, if there was just a Maria's ass Twitter account, <laughs> it would do uh, considerably better than uh, anyone on this list. Well, maybe I'll make that as a burner account later. So oh, we, we have a question about that, I think, coming up. <laughs> At Maria's ass. <laughs> wow, very catchy. Yeah. How'd you come up with the name? I don't know. Uh, Justin, four. Former opponents locked in a, you know, what felt like a lifelong feud. Randy Orton versus uh, the Celtic warrior Sheamus. Who you got in this matchup? Two guys who I will tell you both have a, a staggering amount of Twitter followers. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I think Sheamus has like a, he, he's good. Like the European flavor here is going to give me. You know, gotcha, like he was the European guy for a while. Yeah, so a lot of like uh, Great Britain and, and the EU probably are like, this guy, yeah, he's our man. <laughs> so I think that's what they're thinking when they're hopping on social media. They're like, where's Seamus? <laughs> every, every time Seamus' tweets aren't on the screen, they're saying, what's Seamus doing? <laughs> uh, that's I've been there, and yeah, that's all. when I was in the UK, all people were talking about was Seamus. Yeah, exactly. They you wouldn't go, stop. You go into any coffee shop in all of Europe, and all anyone's saying is, uh, you hear what Seamus got up to? <laughs> fella, fella, fella! <laughs> but Justin, does he have more followers? Does Europe he? give him the edge over the vape juice crowd? Because that's that's Randy Orton's demographic, right? Randy Orton's people are like, whoa, what, what's his vape juice? In much the same way as the coffee shop, if you go into any gas station in the United States, oh my God. They're, they're saying... Uh, can I get the vape juice that Randy Orton uses? <laughs> That's what they're asking for. Yeah, I've, I, let me tell you, I go to a lot of gas stations, and all they're ever saying, Orton, Orton. RKO, <laughs> RKO. <laughs> well, what, what, what about that vape juice? Yeah, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> I think they called it uh, the vapor, Randy Orton. <laughs> uh, so, so, but, but who has more followers? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give the edge to Europe. I'm going to say Seamus. Justin, it's such a shame. Because it is Randy Orton's ah. 6.1 million Twitter followers to Sheamus's 5 million. So both these guys in the absolute upper echelon of people in WWE. I guess Randy just got that boost from being on Shooter, the TV series. Well, I've never heard of that. Coming up after SmackDown, oh. Randy Orton will be on Shooter. I do remember this, actually. With Ryan Philippe. Yeah, yeah, they had Ryan Philippe on guest commentary yeah. one night for that. Ryan, what do you think of Randy in this match here? Well, uh, he's got to keep Jinder in his sights. Speaking of keeping things in their sights, <laughs> I played Jim Shooter on Shooter. Coming up next on USA. <laughs> Hang on. Is his name, did you know his name is Jim Shooter? I have no idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm Jim Shooter, and I use a gun. Uh, Randy Orton Ra does seem like he'd make a good villain. It was great show. to have Randy on set. Uh, thanks, Ryan. Uh, we're going to get back to the match here. <laughs> 
<laughs> he kept telling the truth. He was a real shooter. Yeah. Uh, Justin, our next matchup here is uh, faction members uh, firing against each other as Ruby Riot takes on Liv Morgan. Okay. So you've got uh, two members of the Riot Squad, but who has more Twitter followers? Again, again, it's like a Mike Canellis situation. We're trying to figure it out if indie cred uh, gives you more followers yeah. than NXT would have. Because Liv Morgan was in NXT for a long time. But at the same time, Ruby Riot. Ruby Riot was, uh, what's her name, Loveless? Uh, oh, I didn't, I don't know. I can't remember what her name Lucy Loveless. No, 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 not, not quite. But, uh, but something like Loveless. that. Something like that. Uh, Heidi Loveless, maybe? Raquel Loveless. I can't remember. That's okay, I don't think She was, was the name on the indies. Okay, so, so this And, is like, I feel like people, like, our former guest on this program, Nicole Matthews. Right is a name on the Indies and probably has like a good amount of followers compared to some people in NXT perhaps. I would think that's true. So, I'm thinking it's probably Ruby Riot. Justin, you think, but you think incorrectly, Justin. Liv Morgan's 175,000 Twitter followers are more than enough to trump Ruby Riot's 99,000. Oh, damn. So uh, I was not that close. Not even all that competitive. I was surprised by this though. I would have thought Ruby Riot would have had more. I got it though. Her name was Heidi Loveless. So I did. I think you right. did say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, not a Lucy, as I guess. No. So there you go. You were thinking of Lucy Lawless, who yes. is Zena. Ah, that must have been it or something. Uh, so Justin, you're you're I think one for four. So you, you need redemption here in this finale. Are you ready? Uh, yes. Justin, who has more Twitter followers, Mister? Hustle, loyalty, and respect, John Cena. Or the queen of the armbar, Ronda Rousey. Oh, shit. This is a matchup for the ages. This is the Titans. Yeah. This is, uh, what are you going to say? You know, These are two people who I think have maybe similar impact in mainstream culture, would you say? Um, yeah. When you, I mean, compare, they both have film careers. That's true. I mean, Cena probably more so than Ronda. Cena's better, too, yeah. Yeah. Um, and obviously MMA is like has more mainstream appeal than WWE, even though yeah, you know I don't necessarily agree with that myself. But but the general sports diet covers yes. UFC more. Yes, and I will say this: I follow Ronda Rousey on Instagram, oh. and I have been since before she was in WWE. Okay. I don't follow John Cena on Instagram. Okay. So, so maybe looking inwards to, so, to find the outwards yeah, answer. Yeah, exactly. Searching my own feelings, my own tendencies to Just see who has more followers here. I'm going to say something here, and I apologize that this throws you off the scent. Okay. But I think it's worth noting here, this one isn't close. Really? There's a gap between these two of 8 million followers. Holy shit. In which case, I'm going to say Rhonda. Justin. You are incorrect. Wow. John Cena's 11 million followers are more than enough to trounce Ronda Rousey's. You know what? I should have leaned on my original instincts because last time we played this game, I talked about how people who were kind of top dogs when Twitter was at its peak as a platform mm -hmm. in like 2011, 2012, yep. have a shitload of followers. I don't know that Ronda was even anyone on the sports scene and by yeah, then. She, was, she had just become the strike force women's champion yeah so so i think i think that explains that your general rule of like if you were big in 11 12 13 you're probably happening has really proven correct as i do research for this segment but that 
was follow the buzzers. That was hard this week. I think I got one right, yeah. two maybe. But did you have fun? I, I always have fun. It's always about having fun. That's yeah. what we do here on the show because we are the hashtag good friends. We are Josh and Justin. We're having a time. Oh, my gosh. And it continues with a question from our friend Scoots Brodo. R.I.P. American Pharaoh Scoots Brodo is what he oh, that's, this week. That's a, a, a tip of the hat to your other podcast, it, a Real Good Show. It is. He says, obviously, every pro wrestler is too big to be a horse jockey. <laughs> but which <laughs> wrestlers would be best in a wrestlers are the jockeys horse race? So every wrestler, yeah. every jockey is a wrestler. Okay. Who's well, going to be the best at so it? So I guess you got to take two ways with this. You have to go somebody small or someone who's good at riding horses, right? Like that has to be the starting point, yes? Mm-hmm. I, I have my answer. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I'm going to say the gentleman Jack Gallagher. You know, it's so he, weird. There's just something about him. If you picture him with like the hat yes. and like with a stirrup and he's like hitting the horse. You know what I think it is? Just Justin, right. I think it's really easy to picture him playing. Uh, is it croquet where they're on the horse and they, they hit it? Polo. Polo. There you go. I th- what's croquet? Croquet is like that, except you're not on a horse. Okay. Uh, the one on a horse. <laughs> I think it's easy to picture him doing that. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to go a different direction, though, and I maybe I'll put this up as a poll later on this week to see who the people think would win this uh, jockey race between these two. I'm going to go with James Storm. Okay. Uh, just because he's an actual cowboy, like he lives on a ranch. He's constantly wearing the hat. Yeah, he's got the hat. He probably knows how to ride a horse. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'll say uh, I'll say James Storm. Maybe, maybe though the fact that Jack Gallagher doesn't know how to ride a horse will give him the edge. Might play to his favor because the horse will just go crazy. He just has to sense. hold on. Yeah, he's got no idea how to and control he is, it. He is smaller. Uh, well, who's the English guy on Two Hundred Five Live? Uh, Jack Gallagher. <laughs> Sorry, the uh, <laughs> the other guy from the UK on Two Hundred Five Live, Andrews, Mark Andrews. He's, yeah, yeah, that is like the smallest. He is the very tiny. He's tiny, so him, El Torito, very small. Uh, yeah, I mean, we could dip into the midgets here if you really want to. Well, I don't even know what that word means. Uh, uh, right, right, right. I call them. Uh, uh, Little people, is that dwarves. It? I don't know what they like to be called. No. Whatever it is, they like to be called. That's what we call them. That's what we both <laughs> always call them, and we know what it is because we are uh, good people who are. Uh, anyway, our next question here this week uh, comes to us. Drake from Maverick could probably do it too. He's a small guy. Yeah, also from England. Yeah, <laughs> it's just something very posh yeah, about I, horse riding. I think that's I very interesting. Yeah. Uh, just our next question to us comes from us from former. It's also that Jack Gallagher is like so pale, right? There, I, yeah. I don't know why that makes him more no, likely to be a it, horse rider, but it does. It unquestionably does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it comes from us from former guest on the show. It's a uh, Caitlin H. It's uh, Chris Crusada. Crusada, and uh, she she quote tweets this man Joey on Earth's question okay. to something else and says that she she wants to submit this because thinks it's a great question. All right. Given the recent NBA drama, which wrestler will be caught? will be the first one to be caught using a scandalous burner Twitter account. I bet TJP has a really bad one. So can you – do you know what this is? Yeah, if, Brian Colangelo, I, who's a former I'm, general I manager. I need to stop you. Yeah. I'm so happy you're on this show because I just know you're going to know all the sports stuff. Brian Colangelo is former general manager for the Phoenix Suns, Toronto Raptors, and is the current general manager of the Philadelphia 76ers. Okay. Yesterday he was outed by – My team. The Ringer, uh, Bill Simmons' website, yep. for having a series of – Fake like burner Twitter accounts, okay. That w- were all registered to the same phone number, same email, everything. That all like follow a bunch of people that Colangelo would follow, like his son's like <laughs> high school real? league and like his son's college and <laughs> all these people in like the front offices of all oh the teams that he's God. worked. 
who who seems to have all this insider knowledge of like places that Colangelo has worked. Oh my god! And like constantly t- tweets at like fans or journalists or bloggers, comments on blogs and stuff to try and correct what he feels are false narratives. Or it's like, well, why aren't you asking about this? So he does it in like constantly, the guise as a fan, sort and it, of? Yeah, and it's constantly that like Brian Colangelo is actually under fire from for some bonehead decision that he's made. And he's like, well, why don't you ask this guy about the physical that he failed? Otherwise, we wouldn't be having this conversation. So it's like very clearly him. Yeah. It's blatantly, it is him. Just he's used five separate accounts to tweet about <laughs> How much he hates some of his own players. Yeah. The strategy that he hates of his own coach. Like, he's just going in on his own staff, <laughs> essentially. But but he seems to think that he's anonymous, even though he got found out. Justin, I have a confession to make. Yes. Sometimes I use my old band's Twitter account, which is dormant, and I go and vote in my own polls in the, the direction that I want them to Man, win. when the ringer finds out about this, <laughs> look out. But is that bad, do you think? Twitter about? polls. You can't even trust them anymore. I've wondered days, about folks. this. Do you, do you think that's bad? Because I feel like since you don't get to cast a vote in your own poll, it's like, oh, I get to here I get to vote how I would. That's totally normal. That's fine. Okay. I, I do that all the time. Okay. Phew. Uh, but, Justin, who in WWE do you think has this uh, potentially scandalous burner account? I bet Enzo Amore probably had a burner account. Oh, God, that's a great he's, one. He's not eligible anymore. Oh, God, that's a good answer, he's not though. not there anymore. I guarantee he had multiple. Okay. He seemed like a guy who would probably have, like, f- fake accounts to comment on blogs and shit, too. Okay. Um, okay, how about this? And maybe I'm not on the right scent with this one, but what about Seth Rollins? A guy who's, like, sort of social media dealings have gotten him into hot water before... Uh, I, I could see him. But see, then why would he tweet Wilco sucks from his main account and not on his burner account? Yeah, well, maybe some, there's no accounting for taste. <laughs> <laughs> still, still, I feel like that was the one week you were like, oh, maybe my faith in Seth Rollins has been misplaced. <laughs> um, man, I My love of Wilco uh, so overrides that I was just shaken. Uh, at Joey on Earth's answer of TJP, a guy who you get sort of the sense exists online in a very real way, is probably a good one, right? Yeah, I'm just trying to think of like who is so self-conscious about their own image, and I bet tons of people are that we don't even know. Yeah, but it's like who is who's like a control freak on the level of like late '90s Kevin Nash, you know? Like, right. Oh God, because that, that's all it is. Like all yeah. Brian Colangelo was trying to do was control the narrative and paint himself in a more positive light. Yeah, to '99 to 2000 Nash is a great one for that. Um, okay, with that lens, I think. Okay, so who do I think is maybe like petty about their image you know i wouldn't have been surprised if cm punk uh who who i you couldn't have a higher opinion of but that's a guy who is super sensitive and would like respond so and also is being sued for things that he said so probably would have a account i feel like that's a great answer Uh, i could see punk but again i guess he's not not wwe i feel like pre-nxt triple h would be likely (laughs) like before we came around and like started to appreciate him you know how on earth did we take this long to say triple h it's (laughs) Definitely Triple H. <laughs> but, like, at this point, everybody loves him, right? Like, NXT has given him so much, ah. like, like curried so much favor for him. Is that because he has five accounts and he's, like, built this narrative? <laughs> he's leaking stuff out from all his accounts. Yeah, I'm thinking you're just yeah. a mark. I'm yeah. not. I'm, I'm sad. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, all these bloggers that he's uh, leaking yeah, to are shaping my opinion. I'm all in on your answer. I think it's Triple H. All right. Definitely. <laughs> 
my gosh. <laughs> this one comes to us from Fruits Are Edible. At Fruits Are Edible. And he says, <laughs> what would it take for you to start cheering for your least favorite wrestlers in the ring? Uh, happy birthday, Craig. Also, I saw oh. that it was his birthday this week. So. Also, Craig is married. So uh, apologies to his wife for the impression that I did last week. <laughs> <laughs> he liked it. Oh, yeah. So there you go. Um, so what... Le- what t- so well, first, I have to establish who my least favorite wrestlers in the ring are. Like Mojo, probably. Yeah, I, I, Mojo is in. Okay, so can, should we just talk about Mojo Rawley here? Because I think we both share that in ring. Yeah. Probably what, would, what would it take for us to cheer for Mojo Rawley? It's so hard for me to even imagine. if you put him up against Roman, I'd be like, Roman, fucking smoke this. Yeah, guy. I like is saying he gets way better. Out of like, I would I would cheer for him if he improved, yeah. but I don't think there's reason to think he's going to. Like, I feel like he's basically when we reviewed that first takeover for the Patreon account, I felt like that was more or less the same guy we get no, now. No, you know you know what it would take because so much of what he is like built around in terms of his character and like the lore of Mojo Raleigh. Yeah, is that like. He's Gronk's good buddy. So, <laughs> yeah. So he, like, Mojo Raleigh and Boston Sports go arm in arm. Sure, okay. You can't have the New England Patriots and Gronk without Mojo Raleigh. <laughs> this already feels like a stretch, but okay. So, so if Mojo was, like, in the ring on Raw or whatever, and he was, like, celebrating. They're, like, Raw is in Boston, let's say. Right, okay. And so Mojo's, like, celebrating the sports heroes of Boston. He brings Gronk out to the ring. He brings, like, Brad Marchand out to the okay. ring. He brings, like, uh, Kelly Olenek. Is he still on the fucking Celtics? That probably was a not. person? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, probably not. I don't think he's on the Celtics anymore. Yeah, he yeah. brings Kyrie Irving out. I don't know what I know less about the Celtics <laughs> or uh, a guy whose last name is Olenek. Yeah, so he brings Kyrie Irving out. To, yeah. to, and he's got all, like, the greats. And he's talking about, like, yeah, I love Gronk, I love Boston, I love the Bruins. And then, like, say, like, Brad Marchand, like, says something to him about how, like, whoa, slow your roll, homeboy, or whatever. Yeah. And he, like, takes, suddenly he's, like, taking offense. He's like... <laughs> He's like, I brought you out here, and this is how you treat me? You have got deep. And then Mojo attacks all of these figures of Boston sports, and he attacks Gronk, and he attacks Brad Marchand, and he's like, fuck Boston sports! And I'd be like, yeah! Okay, all right. Fuck Boston sports! So if he turned on Boston sports, (laughs) okay. Uh, That wouldn't do it for me. That's Uh, the most specific thing. It would do it for you? Yeah. I'll say this, and this is a, a real answer here. Uh, what you're saying, my <laughs> answer wasn't real. No, no, I, I'm not. I, I'm saying I, just something that I, I mean it. I would, I would embrace this. Okay. If they gave him like f- a minute promo before Matt, or maybe he doesn't wrestle on that show, and he just goes, you know what, guys? Like, I know that I haven't been getting it done in ring. I haven't lose some matches, so we can keep the kayfabe thing of like he's not getting it done, meaning not winning. But he's yeah. like. I just haven't been performing in here, and I know that I'm not good enough right now. But I want you to know, because he is a good promo. Because I want you to know, I am trying, and I am improving, and I am just asking for a chance. I just need one chance. My next match, glue to me, because I'm coming. And then if he could even step up like a little bit, mm-hmm. that would start like the ball rolling for me. Okay. So I guess that. Does that count? Yeah, sure. That's it. It's hard to imagine Shane Mojo Sorry, I had, to, I had to come up with some uh, very elaborate, specific <laughs> thing that he would have to do. The gymnastics to get either of us to cheer Mojo Raleigh. But it's not just, like, if he just attacked Gronk only, I'd be like, 
Oh, Gronk, oh, you know? The Gronks. <laughs> but it's, he needs to attack all of Boston sports. <laughs> Each and every one. Yeah. Uh, Justin here, our next question comes to us from Wes Watanko, at Wes Tanko on Twitter. Uh, and it's a question just for you. Uh, he says, what wrestlers getting signed for All In would make Justin not want to go? Is there such a thing? I mean, he speculated himself, like Hulk Hogan versus Enzo. Uh, You'd still want to go to yeah, All In. Yeah, and I would want to just boo the shit out of that yeah. match. I don't know. There's certain things, like if they booked like Sammy Callahan versus Michael Elgin, or like sure, yeah, <laughs> Rich Swan versus Enzo Amore. <laughs> It'd be like Cody, buddy. What are you doing now, here? Hang, hang on a second, though. What if they booked a death match, Nick Gage and Matt Tremont versus Enzo Amore and Rich Swan? Uh, yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be unreal. Yeah, Tremont. I'd be worried though, being so close. Oh, being wow. in row four, I'd probably inhale some of the like <laughs> light tube dust yeah, exactly <laughs> from uh rich one's listless body as matt tremont death valley drivers through a wide rack of them exactly god bless them uh but yeah i don't know there's like really nobody i'm so like i'm so excited for that trip just as a trip that's what i yeah was and also the big chicago indie is like booking a super show for the thursday night of that weekend also oh are you gotta go to that yeah so yeah. um like i'm pretty sure the match that they just announced was the Lucha Bros against two, like, premier Lucha guys from, like, PWG and CMLL. I can't remember oh, their names. So that'll be... But uh, people that I know who know those guys were, like, freaking out about what a dream match it is. So, That's cool. Yeah, and I'm sure that there will be people that I know there, so I'm hoping to go to that. But, yeah, it's just going to be a sick weekend. Um, this question comes to us from a very handsome man. Wow. Oh, cool. Uh, just looking at his photo, like, what a good-looking guy. Uh, his name's Justin Morris at, at Justin Morris, and he writes, uh, "Hey, new follower of this account after your insanely good tweet." <laughs> hang on, hang on. Day. This is a tweet from you. No, no, I I don't know who this guy is. Oh, okay. He just has my name oh, and my Twitter handle. That's weird. He looks a lot like me. Well, he is very handsome. Yeah. But he, he writes, hey, new follower of this account after your insanely good tweet the other day. Thank you. My question is, what is this? <laughs> I'm unfollowing. <laughs> so for those of you who may not have seen, uh, Justin and I had a, a tweet go. You had one. You did it. I got nothing to do with oh, this. Oh, no. It's there any success or failures of this thing. I feel like we, we carry together. All right. I appreciate that. Um, but uh, – um, so a tweet about uh, Hulk Hogan, and it, can you say it went viral, 10,000 retweets? Is that viral? Yeah. Close to viral, right? Yeah. It was a big thing. Biggest... It was in the Huffington Post. Yeah. They did a collection of tweets yeah. about this Hulk Hogan thing, and ours was the biggest one by, by far. By far, yeah. Uh, so so yeah. I'll say it's easily the biggest tweet that I've ever been involved in by by any margin. Um and, uh, yeah, so I think we did pick up on some new followers. I don't know if any of them are listening, and if you are, thank you. I'm sure you'll never be back again. Yeah, I don't know how that works if, like, somebody looks at a thing and it's like, oh, funny picture. I laughed at this for nine seconds. Like, I, I know what I'll do. Spend 90 minutes with these guys. <laughs> yeah. I don't, know. I don't know if that's how it works, really. But we did, yeah, we picked up a lot of followers. So. Yeah, and uh, and the, it was very fun. It was, uh, you know, a wild thing to, to get some wrestling Twitter people. Uh, also, like just never stopped. It still hasn't stopped yeah, to this 
second. That is extremely it's annoying. Still happening. <laughs> that is not the most fun. I had to turn off uh, notifications on my phone. I got something of a, a thrill as it was. Not something. I, I was tremendously excited in the first hour where I was like, was oh my like lord. Constantly. And I'm like, I'm watching it. You know, I got my laptop open. And, and after then it's that, just like, make it stop. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, I'd give anything to make this go away. I did feel like it was my, my uh, chance to shoot my shot at how little I like Peter Rosenberg because he liked it. Oh, really? He did? Yeah, him and Noel Foley both. Oh, I missed that. Uh, and so I was thinking maybe I could be like, hey, don't like my tweet, please. But uh, <laughs> nah, uh, that's, uh, nah, that feels needlessly antagonistic, even though I've taken all me? kinds of shots at him. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you if you retweeted that or whatever, thanks. That's awesome. And if you're uh, along for the ride, we consider you a hashtag good friend. Yeah, and, welcome uh, aboard. We're, we're very happy to have you. Patreon.com slash top marks. <laughs> Give me some money, bitch. <laughs> there, did you see how many people? You think were... that tweet comes for free? I don't think so. <laughs> you know who are uh, how we we have uh, not the world's largest listenership, but we do have, I think, the best listenership on Earth because like four separate people, because we're idiots, yeah. posted our Patreon link in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, hey, well, we've got attention. Here's yeah. Patreon.com. Yeah, we're not going to do that. Our only reply for the first day was uh, making fun of, can we talk about these idiots? Yeah, so many people just quoting the tweet and being like, but Bam's not dead. It's like, yeah, motherfucker. Like that's what do you think we're laughing about? Yeah, why do you think I tweeted this? Yeah, why do you think Hulk Hogan was like, "Whoops, sorry." <laughs> and if you may have not seen it, the the tweet was Hulk Hogan tweeted out a photo of himself and Bam Margera uh, lamenting that he couldn't hang out with Bam anymore because he thought Bam Margera had died. Bam Margera, of course, alive and well. Miss you, brother. Miss you, brother. Wish we could hang out. Yeah. So I mean, I suppose they have to now. And then he follows. Yeah, that's the. The big thing is, like, now Hulk Hogan has to hang out with Bam Margera. That's right. Uh, and then Hulk Hogan follows it up with a tweet uh, saying, sorry, I mixed up Ryan being Ryan Dunn, and who did pass away, and Bam Margera, both members of the Jackass and Viva La Bam crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, he deleted both those tweets. I was lucky enough that I got a screenshot of the first one, uh, and then the second one was left up quickly, because I was going to put it in our wrestling chat just because I thought it was funny. And then when the second one came and I saw he had deleted the first, I was like, this could be something. Uh, so uh, glad that it did. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, Justin, our next question this week uh, comes to us from Brandon O'Connor, what, one of the people who posted our Patreon link at for Boofer us. At OC. That's right. Uh, who I was at a, a comedy event on Monday that he made a banner for, which w- looked really nice. He's done banners for the Real Good Show live shows as well. So uh, Tremendous uh, work from that gentleman. So if you ever need a banner for anything, even Stefan's going away party. He yeah, made congrats a t- on the Ricketts yeah, 10 Free. 10 years Ricketts Free banner for so Stefan. If you well. ever need a banner, hit up uh, at Boofer. For OC on yeah, Twitter. If you've what ever been watching um, uh, BoJack Horseman and thinking to yourself, banner <laughs> yeah. comedy, that's uh, that's Kevin Banner's Twitter hey, handle. Hey, there you go. But also, is something that I enjoy about this show. Very good. And you wanted to try your hand at it in real life, I recommend uh, our friend Brandon O'Connor's little business over there. And, and you can find him on Twitter at Boofer OC. Fully, and I fully ship that as well. And he asks... Since Miz is blatantly dressing up as Naruto every week now, what other wrestler would you like to see make a similar cosplay-style choice, and which character would they dress as? So can we, before we jump into the question, what do you think of this new Miz gear? Because I, I don't I like don't, it at all. I don't like it. I think it's good for special occasions. I think a random SmackDown on a Tuesday is not the time for that gear. Yeah, I just it's too elaborate. It's pay-per-view gear. It's like you should not wear the gear that you wore for WrestleMania 
every night for months on end. Although know? I kind of liked when he did that with the plated jacket. That yeah, debuted his Mania gear. And then it was kind of regular, and yeah. he brought it back a little bit. A, a There's just something ago. about this gear I don't like. I yeah, don't, I don't, cause I don't I, probably because I don't like Naruto because I'm not a fucking geek. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I Anime is like the one thing that seems like a less socially acceptable than wrestling. So mm-hmm. even us who are adult wrestling, I'm turning yeah, 30 like in a couple Doctor months. Who. I put Doctor Who like below anime still. See, you can't say and that. I, I'm kind of nerdy, but it's like, wow. People can't, you can't say that. People love Doctor yeah, Who. But it, like, it objectively is terrible. Okay, here, edit this out, but I'm going to endear ourselves to the fan base. Okay, okay so they both said. Okay. Really, just I love Doctor Who. I think all the seasons are awesome. <laughs> I love to watch who's it. Who's your favorite Doctor, bud? You think the Who? Doctor, you think doctor, doctor who, who is my favorite? <laughs> I just said it's one of my favorite. <laughs> that's that's what I said. Who is your favorite Doctor? That was a statement, not a question. Yeah. Uh, so I guess for the the <laughs> cosplay, I would. Uh, I I don't have a great answer for this. I suppose I, it would have to be a heel. I, guess, I know. Right? I just said that you should not turn your. WrestleMania gear into your regular gear oh, yeah, all the yeah, time. Yeah. Oh, but last year, Becky Lynch. Oh, not wait. Okay. Uh, in the SmackDown women's match, which I think was like a five-way at Mania last year. I don't remember. Uh, oh yeah, it was Alexa Lana's had the title. Debut. Alexa had the title, and it was like Alexa versus like the five other women. Uh, yeah, it was Smackdown a six-way. Feature. It was Lana's wrestling debut. Natalia. And I think Eva Marie was in it. No. No, Eva Marie was gone by then. Not okay. last year's WrestleMania. It was, then it was Lana. I remember there was like some junker in it. It's probably Lana. But regardless, yeah. uh, Becky Lynch came out to the ring dressed as Aloy from Horizon Zero yeah, Dawn. Yeah, I remember this. And it was great. And she only did it once, and I wish it would come back. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to say uh, the New Day as the Saiyans from Dragon oh, Ball. Oh, that was great too. Yeah, yeah. That I wouldn't want to see that all the time. Me neither. Um, I, I'm struggling to think of anything better than the Becky Lynch one. So I guess I'll just I'll jump onto that. Although. Uh, Alistair Black could do a very good version of the Stranger from God of War that I just saw. That would be very cool for me in particular if, like, he entered shirt and he has a very similar tattoo. So much that he tweeted a picture of the Stranger from God of War and made some joke that he was owed royalties. Uh, Ruby Riot also could probably do, like, uh, what's her name? Harley Quinn. Like, it seems like her gear is kind of based on that already. Won't Liv Morgan get mad? I, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's a different version of Harley Quinn, though. Yeah. And also Alexa. Also li- Alexa. Yeah, yeah, I think we got enough of that. It's a lot of Harleys on TV. <laughs> You're <already>. not kidding. <laughs> and but I'm not talking about the Undertaker's bike. Whoa! Vroom, vroom. Hello! <laughs> and I'm not talking about Harley Race. <laughs> <laughs> Harley Race? Is that when the Undertaker <laughs> drives out to the ring? <laughs> from John Cullen Eckle in the comic. He says, if Money in the Bank existed in the Attitude Era, the Rock and Wrestling Era, or WCW, which storylines do you think would have benefited the most from someone having the briefcase? Fuck, that's a hard question. Yeah. Um, that, like The looming threat of a briefcase cash-in is hanging over. Okay, can I simplify it a little bit to who I think would have been really good with the briefcase yeah, back sure, then? Because sure. I, I think I, I'd struggle too much to... Ins- Did you have something for a storyline? Not really. I'm just trying to think of like what's like a grueling, bloody, vicious match for a title that could have... Triple H had and... Had a uh, afterwards. Triple H and Cactus? Yeah, maybe. I don't feel like that would have been improved. No, that the... match is already perfect. Yeah, it doesn't need anything. Um... Stone Cold and Austin, not really. Or Stone Cold and McMahon, not really. I was thinking like Austin Undertaker, which I know never really clicked, but did have some kind of 
bloody and vicious confrontation. Either of them holding the briefcase feels weird. No, I'm not though. talking about either of those guys. I'm oh. talking a cash in like gotcha, after gotcha, that gotcha. match. Um, I, I think The Rock would have done amazing with the briefcase. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, I think he might have been like one of the all-time case holders. So, uh, uh, corporate d- Rock, though, right? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Sorry yeah, to be yeah. clear. Um, he'll, but still, like he's come out of it. He knows how to talk it up. He's a coward. Uh, and Rock is one of these guys who did lose a ton of matches. Like, his pay-per-view record is hilarious. Like, it's extremely bad. And the Money in the Bank holders don't need to be winning matches at all. So it's that's a nice little uh, dovetailing. Anyone for WCW? Now, you know who I'm going to pick from the Attitude Era? Yeah, go ahead. Is uh, Farouk. Hmm. Like, 1998, like, Legion Farouk. Okay, talk me through that a bit. I, I feel like the Legion, like, helps him win the match. Okay, or yeah. The, sorry, the nation, rather. What am I doing? The Legion. Of, I, I knew what you, yeah. Did you say Legion? Yeah. Oh. Nation! I was thinking about uh, the FX X-Men you love TV that show, show, which you love I do love show. very much, yes. The nation, though. The nation of domination would help him win the match, similar to the way, like, the corporate stooges Kane and J&J, like, helped Seth win. Yeah. Sort of deal. Uh, and, I, and then that sets up. You know, Farouk, because he doesn't have to be in the main event pitcher necessarily at the time. Right. You just get him kind of hovering behind it with the threat of like a Farouk cash in and a, a nation of domination world title. That's dominate the world. Yeah. I actually think that's pretty cool. That That's better than anything I could have come up with. Uh, I don't think. And then that could have driven like you could still get to the breakup with like Rock versus yep. Farouk. But Rock versus Farouk is suddenly for the WWF title then, post cash in. That's right. And Rock is like, you never would have had that briefcase if, if I didn't win me. it for you. Yeah, that's I, I that's a job. You answered the question great. Like, what storyline would be improved by it? And I think you absolutely nailed that. Uh, I'll, I'll just close out this question by saying I don't think WCW needs one more gimmick. Oh no. <laughs> I mean, we just watched New Blood Rising, and uh, yeah, too many gimmicks. Oh my god, how many angles does an octagon have? I mean, it's, it's a nightmare. <laughs> Uh, just our next question comes to us from my arch nemesis. It's Good Brothers in Vietnam. It's Book of Lou. Book of Lou. At Book of Lou, I should say. And he says, do you think Kurt Angle needs to be back in the grind full time as an active wrestler with consistent programs to stop being such a jabron on the mic? He used to be one of the best, and now he sounds like episode one Josh. Uh, for people who may not know, on the, the first few episodes of the show, it took me a while to really find my like. I mean, I know you hear now, you're like, this guy is a terrible podcaster. However bad I am now... I was much worse. Yes, Justin? I wouldn't say you were like Kurt Angle bad. Oh, gosh, he You weren't is... like tripping over all of your words. I think he brings up a great point here, does Floob, that uh, Kurt Angle is a weak spot on Raw right and now. And it's stunning because, like he says, like, Kurt used to be, I think, like, in terms of the all-time great promos, I think Kurt is, like, right up there. He's he's one of the most reliable. He never has like the one, which I feel like a lot of the real good promos have. But he can do. He's so yes. versatile. He can do comedy. He can be a babyface. He can be a loathsome 100%. heel. He can do everything. Yep. Or he could at at, at one time, anyways. And then, like seemingly not that long ago. But I don't know if he's just like old or is too injured, had too many concussions, well, like his brain is scrambled or you what. S- I, I don't know if it's even any of that. I think you see it with GMs sometimes. Like playing a wrestler is not the same as like being scripted and having to get like – he has so much structure that he has to get across. That's true, and I'm it's, sure if he was just the character of Kurt Angle, it would feel much more natural for him. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know. To, to answer the question directly, does he need to be in uh, consistent full-time programs N- – no, like I don't want to see that. Because honestly, I thought his stuff in the build to the mixed tag match at Mania 
mm. was great. But that was mostly backstage, though. And again, he gets to be Kurt but, Angle. But like in the ring with that when he yeah. set up the match, when he was like, I'll tell you what the match is going to be against Ronda Rousey. And me! Like, totally. I popped huge for that. But again, he's and being so did Kurt- the whole crowd, and so did everyone, and we all knew it was coming. But he's being Kurt Angle. But there. he's still like, the timing was yeah. right, right? Oh, he yeah. He threw in the pause and then punched it. But as soon as he gets to exit that GM mode, I think he can come alive. Uh, That's true. Uh, I'll be honest here. I, I, I think the Kurt Angle GM run should be coming to a close. Uh, it's, it's, I've really had this feeling, and I do feel like he is a, a distinct low point on Monday Night well, Who do you bring in, then, as GM next? Jeff, I, Jeff I, Jarrett? Fuck me, no. Uh, I, especially not after New Blood Rising. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd have to think about it more, um, but, but not Kurt. All right. Well, this one comes to us from Just Brenny. Well, Brenny at Just Brenny. So it's hang on. So his name is Just Brenny. No, his name's Brenny. Only and his Twitter. Yes. So it's Just Brenny. So the name is okay. Is Brenny only, and then at Just Brenny, and Brenny says, and that's in reference to to what his name is. I understand. Brenny, and he says, <laughs> would it be more interesting to see Biggie in a main event singles run? Or for New Day to Freebird the WWE Championship. Uh, the former, for sure. This is assuming one of them wins Money in the Bank, kind of, but whatever. Yeah. If yeah. neither, justify your response. Uh, I think the former, for sure. Uh, I think the Freebird thing for a main title sounds fun, but then I think it would get to be very I would like fun. to see them Freebird the briefcase. Yeah, that's way more like interesting. If, like Kofi wins the match, yep. but Big E can cash in the case. Yeah, and, and then they argue over who is cashing in and what moment. You can see the failed cash-ins happen. Like yeah. one of them's running out. Well, this is no, mine. No, 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 no. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. It's a bad time. Uh, I think that's way more interesting. I, I just... The free burning of the main title... It, it would diminish the belt. Well, and it's hard for everybody else. Like, you're trying to build a feud for the champ. You want a shot at the belt. Yeah, and then just... it's like, well, Xavier's going to lose this thing. That's right. Yeah, where's... Exactly. And where's the bullseye that these people are aiming for then? Yeah. I get that it sounds cool, though. Like, it's, it's a cool idea, but I just think in how it would play out, it, it just wouldn't work. Whereas I am interested in a biggie at the top of the card singles it, run. Yeah, I've been waiting for that for a long time okay. now. No shit. Oh, well, that was our last question, Justin. Oh, all right. So that does it for this week's episode of uh, Top Marks. What did you think? It was a good show, I thought. Yeah, I thought a, a fun, very bit-heavy. I'm satisfied with it. I'm going to s- – just satisfied? Yeah. Because we, we had a, a spotlight Actually, you know what I did – I found out this week that I killed Owen Hart, so that kind of sucked <laughs> well, a lot. It, it, does it bring it? Does it make you happy at all that at least we can blame it on someone? Because we've never had like one person to blame for, and now that it's you, I feel like that's easier for all of us. Yeah, I mean, if 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 his wife and kids and stuff want to blame me now, yeah, and then that lets him go into the Hall of Fame, maybe it's a good thing. I think that's a very maybe. Uh, you know, maybe it's like the end of the Dark Knight. <laughs> Yeah? Yeah. In what way? Why is he running, Dad? Oh, son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Because we have to chase him. Oh, my God. Because he can be that man. He can take that. Once again, this has been Top Marks. He can be the Dark Knight. (laughs) If you want to keep up with us, you can follow us at Top Marks Pod on Twitter. I'm at J0SHC on Twitter. He's at Justin Morris on Twitter. Patreon.com slash Top Marks. If you want to throw a couple dollars on the hat, again, that New Blood Rising... uh, uh, episode will be up in the the it'll coming. Be, by the time you hear this, it'll already be out. Look at that! Wow, that's a that's a nice thing to hear. Uh, just anything else you'd like to get off your chest? Uh, yeah. If you want to head on over to iTunes, yeah, right. Rate and review the program. Please. We, we always uh, love it when people do that. It gives Please. us a little boost in their rankings and helps people know that the show exists and that people like it. We're hoping to crack the top one hundred thousand. Is our 
Uh, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, who knows? In it's Canada, Maybe of someday. Yeah, in Canada. <laughs> the top 100,000 in Canada wrestling podcast <laughs> called Top Marks. <laughs> that's, and I think uh, it's very achievable. So if, only with your help, though, listeners, if yeah. you can head on over to the iTunes Yeah, we store. keep our goals realistic around here. Uh, and if you don't want to, if you don't feel like doing that, tell a friend, retweet this when the show comes out. Use your small platform to yeah. give us a hand if and, you don't mind. And if you thought any of our bits this week were in poor taste, I agree with you. Yeah, you are right, but yeah. get used to it, bitch. <laughs> that's, it's, 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 I don't know what to tell you. you we're on episode 52. We're not going to clean this shit up. Uh, oh, uh, should, well, uh, you know what? I'm going to banter about this after we say, until next week, stay hot, stay spicy, stay tasting great, because you're Curry Man! What? 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 Titus Worldwide! Speaking of cleaning up the show, Justin, uh, you know a faithful day one listener to this episode is my mother. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, she she complained for the first time ever about something I said on the show. Which now, was? Oh, no, so she didn't. She was playing it in the car, and I went uh, over to my parents' house. Can I, can I guess what it was? Yeah, yeah. It I wasn't know. her. It was actually my dad. To be okay. Clear. Was it when you said that you used the socko <laughs> as a cum rag? Because that was disgusting. I did not need to know that, and honestly, the listeners didn't either. Was that the moment? Yeah. It had to be the moment. It was. Yeah. Shame on you, Joshua. I didn't use it as Shame a cum rag. Shame on you. I said I should because I want it to look older. <laughs> I but I didn't say I did. That, yeah. That's, <laughs> that, that makes sense, yes. Yeah, when you were trying to sneak into R-rated movies, <laughs> you get, just jizz all over your face. You'll look older. Makes sense. <laughs> no, it'll age the sock. Because <laughs> the sock, I wanted it. I looked too Yeah, clean. yeah. I got it. Let me go back it. and listen to last no, week's episode. I got it. So my dad was like, I thought it was funny, but you know, you got to be careful if, what you put out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. You should have him listen to any episode of Real Good Show. <laughs> <laughs>